And now for a word from our sponsors. Are you fed up with hearing about the modern data stack only to realize that what it really means is buy these half dozen expensive tools and install them all just to get the data you need? You need right data. We combine the tools you need to turn raw data into trusted data for your business users, all in a single, modular, no-code platform. Easily do batch or streaming ingest, transform data, and build and orchestrate pipelines in our Data Factory Data Engineering module. The tools essential to delivering high-quality, reliable data through data observability, profiling, and ML-powered business rule generation are all in our Data Trust module. And to make it easy for users to find and take action on all that trusted data. Data Market is the next-gen catalog that makes it easy for users to find data products, to request access, and to start using the data through APIs, connectors, or even generative AI-powered data analytics. Get a free trial and learn why companies like Walmart, Johnson & Johnson, and General Electric chose right data for their data teams and how you can cut your data stack costs by 50% at GetRightData.com. Hi, everyone. This is Jean-Marc. I am the creator of DataMesh, uh, the founder of Next Data. We are reimagining what data sharing could look like if data was a product, if independent teams and individuals could share their data as a product, and if we lived in a world where AI, ML, analytics could be powered by independently owned and responsibly shared data. So that's our vision. If that's appealing to you, if that interests you, we are growing our team rapidly and we need you. If you're a distributed systems engineer, product manager, or a designer of a large-scale PaaS SaaS infrastructure, we'd love to hear from you. Please check out our careers page at nextdata.com. Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. This episode is part of a longer interview I conducted with Jamak Dagani, who's the founder of the Data Mesh Concept and is sponsored by her, her company, her startup, Next Data. The goal of these conversations is to dig deeper into specific topics rather than skimming the surface and really discuss Schmack's view of the now and the future of data mesh. What is possible now? What can we do to set ourselves up for success in the, in the future? And what is our ideal picture in that future once we have the ways of working and the tooling more figured out? Hopefully you get some great insights as well as seeing the other side of the funny and wonderful person behind the data mesh paradigm. Please do follow Jamak as well for more interesting insights to keep an eye out on what she is working on. I think you'll be very interested and exciting. Now, up next, I'll give a bit of my summary of the episode. So you might focus on a few of the nuanced points that Jamak makes. Sometimes she says some things that are kind of like a picture, right? Worth a thousand words in and of themselves, even when she says one sentence. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and hear some fun music, and then we'll get into that summary. Episode 267, The Developer Experience. How do we delight data developers? Jamax Corner number 30. We start 
this episode with the concept discussed at the end of the previous episode. How do we bring the idea of containerization to data? What is Next Data doing and why the developer experience currently sucks so much in data and what needs to change? A big issue in Jamak's mind is data product development is simply, so much of the time is simply spent coordinating across tools and experiences and jumping from you know different tools to different tools just to do the work. Instead of being able to write your code in one place like we do in software, you have to jump from tool to tool and focus as much, maybe more, on the management between the tools and how they work together and how that data flows between all of these things that you spend as much time on that as the actual data product development itself. So the hidden killer here in general is dependencies and lifecycle management. When you have a developer having to manage everything themselves without cohesion, it creates a ton of extra work and headaches. You know, oh, this version of tool X works with sync V1.1.2 or whatever to tool Y, but tool X is actually getting updated. And so now this that sync won't work. And so, you know, it, it just creates all these challenges that are unnecessarily. You end up spending so much of your time managing all these little particulars that don't add value. And they're things that could be automated away. Again, if we managed a lot of those dependencies, how we do that automation is hard you know, that's part of what Shmack's working on, but what a lot of other people are working on is hard, but it's worthwhile. And Shmack gave some good examples of how the software space started to do this, how they started to manage those dependencies, um, how they started to head towards containerization. So we're not only looking at what happened with, with Docker, because a lot of Docker was just the implementation details. So, you know, she pointed to Ruby on Rails and, and Cloud Foundry as two really good examples to look at how things evolved and how we might think about evolving them as well in data. Okay, with that shortest summary of the episode done, let's go ahead and get to actually hearing from the woman herself, Shmak Degani. want to bring all of those structural components and expose a simple interface for a data producer, data consumer to do their job, now you need to bundle these things together. And some people have done this through basically, they cheat, <laughs> they create a kind of, they, they, they take a centralized approach to it, which is say, which they will say, look, I've got a catalog and in my catalog, I've got a record of a bunch of metadata that pulls points to these different structural components I call the data product not you know not helpful or useful because you're still requiring to some centralized later in the game kind of dictionary or or catalog to pull this together. What we're doing at Next Data, we're kind of shifting the approach right from the beginning. So what we are changing is just like software delivery, we say we let the people use the tools, how they co code their data product or how they 
kind of store the data products where we're bringing a system of kind of packaging with a new experience to bring all these disparate pieces together, version together, manage their life cycle together, run them together. Like there's that whole kind of orchestration that, that needs to happen beyond this, beyond just codifying what, what the data product structure looks like at build time at runtime, time. And that's really the focus of our work. And I get quite disappointed when I see <laughs> the concepts get kind of completely misrepresented and, and even fundamentally misunderstood as why we need these new words or new vocabulary to be established and just they get mis- misattributed to, I don't know, other other things. Yeah. And, and so one thing I'd like to poke at there is why it's so important that everything is put together at in the same place. You, you talked about this, but I, I want to kind of hammer in this point of Otherwise, you have these 80 different dependencies that are all floating around. And so you get into this ultra loose coupling. And instead of, you know, you have everything just kind of maybe it all works together, but you can't really test it. You can't really run it. It's not um, it's not good software practices because it's not reliable. It's not scalable. And so, you know, I, I, obviously you you would put it far better. But like, is there anything that that you think is super important? Why? people should understand why this all needs to be together and why they also need to be very separate, that the data products themselves are separate from the other data products and are, are you know, not super, super reliant on the infrastructure. The infrastructure will still happen because you need transformations, you need streaming, you need all these different things. But like, I'd just love to hear if you've got any color on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, put everything together and have this cohesive experience, I would take a human-centric kind of approach to it and say, put yourself in the shoes of this future, you know, data product developer. You want this person to work with one simple interface that manages all these disparate pieces that they have to manage in five different applications and with five different vendors and platforms today. You want them to really focus on the job at hand, which is, you know, I need to model my data in a way that, you know, users can find, understand it and use it. I need to document computation in a way that they can discover and trust it. And I need to, of course, generate that data so I have to write some code that is transforming data from upstream and providing it to in different forms. Like, and I need to do all of that with a single lifecycle management. As in, what I mean is that my version, you know, point one, point two, point three, all of these different facets we talked about, the documentation, the metadata, the data, the code, all of that needs to be versioned and managed and bundled together. And don't bore me and don't bother me with it experience of using six different tools to do this job, like give me a simple, um, and there's a balance there, right? Give me a simple way of managing this complexity without also getting into my kitchen of how I write code, right? That's that's kind of the, the, the really key design principle here that a lot of these low-code, no-code tools, they kind of get in the kitchen of the data product developer and they say like, this is the low-code, no-code, drag and drop, whatever interface you need, well, that's not our approach. We think that the, the, the developers shoot the tools that they wish to use, but yet have a simple experience of managing, versioning, 
you know, recovering, redeploying, re- <laughs> recreating, like all of that life's, you know, complex lifecycle management uh, across time. And again, data products are longitudinal. We're talking, we're, not, we're talking about analytical use cases. So they, they have this dimension of time across time, be able to do that. And that's, um, again, taking that human centric perspective, that's cohesion of all of these pieces together under the umbrella of a single domain. Is important. The the key, Scott, I think there is that right now, most ninety percent of our technology that was developed for the data management and analytical AI data, they were designed based on technical functionality first. You've got a bunch of catalogs for cataloging functionality. You've got a bunch of metadata tools for metadata functionality. You've got a bunch of data pipeline orchestration for data pipeline orchestration. We don't have a domain-first technology decomposition, right? That says if somebody wants to just focus on a domain-oriented, you know, business logic and and data flow, then what is the technology stack that sits under it, right? So it's a lot of work that a data domain-oriented data product developer has to do to bring those functionally divided experiences together and 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 create a cohesive experience. And do you have any, I mean, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but do you have any examples or maybe we can, we can do some kind of write up on this, but of like where people could look to what happened in software? Or is there any really good example of that? I don't know if that's a, uh, you know, a React or an Angular, or, you know, Vercel or any of those, those things where people might be able to do this. You know, I mean, we can go back, uh, you know, a, a decade because that was kind of well, maybe not quite a decade, but containerization was kind of on the rise in 2015, maybe. So, like, do you have anything we can learn from? I think so. I think both from what to do and what not to do. But I think, for example, what Cloud Foundry was doing um, with the Cloud Foundry platform was similar because at the time, if you were building applications, and of course, that got taken over by Kubernetes and kind of Docker, but the premise was the same, right? The premise was, if you're an app developer, there are two factors that you have to care about when you build an application, right? Your environmental configurations has to be done this way, your dependencies described that way, your APIs provided, like, they come up with this idea of 12-factor apps. And then, you know, they started building a platform that encouraged developers to really focus on what matters and don't focus on the actual work and not metal work of putting all the infrastructure together. And they tried to abstract the infrastructure and all of dependency management and packaging and all of the above so you can just focus on the work itself. And then that was superseded, of course, by kind of Docker plus Kubernetes um, uh, so, so I think that, that if you look at the evolution of starting from 12 factor apps and, um, uh, cloud foundry kind of, um, platform, I think that's it. That's a great set of lessons learned. And that was how we progress, how we made progress in, uh, in building applications from a bunch of, you know, I'm going to provision my database there and, <laughs> you know, build my my database managed that separately and then build that app and then integrate through the database. Like there was a ton of like related, I think, 
um, lessons learned. I think there are other simpler versions of that. I would just use something as simple as Ruby on Rails, right? Again, building web applications, you needed to orchestrate a lot of different pieces. Let's say Ruby on Rails and Heroku, right? It was another one, which was, okay, if you're building these Ruby-based web applications, Ruby on Rails was an opinionated framework of how the application can be built and interface with its dependencies, whether it's a database um, with kind of active records or whether it's APIs and then Nevaruku as a platform abstracted away, um, kind of containerizing that and running it on different infrastructure. Of course, they never open sourced their container technology. Maybe if they did, we would have we would have been using theirs instead of Docker. I don't know. Uh, but that those are all great, I think, similar progression in technology that we had in the in the software space and in the data space. We're just still so far from it. And unfortunately, I think the challenge we have is this demarcation of products and categories. And these categories being created by analysts and, you know, being put in different quadrants and people are just like, I talked to a lot of founders and they shared their stories in the past and they were particularly talking to this particular company and they were building a new kind of kind of product for data collaboration and analysis told them, yep, you're a catalog. And they were, you know, sad and depressed that as if you call their baby ugly, they had this kind of a creative vision as what this product was, but they had to be put in the box of catalogs to to survive, right? To compete in the market. So I think the challenge we have right now is we've created these categories and we're going to go through a phase of chaos to kind of figure out how these categories fit into this new operating model and then re reject right that right these categories again. So um and I think the same thing happened with with application development, right? We didn't have API gateways and APIs as a category and they came to exist and they reshuffled and impacted kind of yeah, you know, enterprise service buses, and they basically displaced big application servers. And and I think the same thing is necessary to happen here. So thanks again to Jamak. As a reminder, please check out her startup, Next Data. There's more information about it in the show notes. They're doing some pretty amazing things. She's hiring lots of folks, looking to partner with others, and just kind of check it out. As for me, please do follow up with me as well. I'm pretty easy to find. I'd love to chat data mesh or anything kind of in the data realm. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information, some useful resources and things as well. And Jamak and I both wish you an excellent rest of your day. Now with that, let's cue that inspiring outro music.